Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I am here today with Scott. And Scott is just an amazing man of God. I've been chatting with him in the green room, and we were talking about a project that that he he worked on. He co-wrote it, uh, it and wrote, actually wrote the script, right? The original script? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then also works as a producer and an actor. So that's a whole lot of area to cover. And we're talking specifically about a short film that I had the opportunity to see. And I just loved it. I love this, uh, the filming of it, uh, the, the beauty of where they filmed it was absolutely, it's like, I want to be there. I don't know <laughs> if I want to be talking to Lucifer, but I want to be there. So <laughs> welcome, Scott. Glad to have you. you here. It's Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's such an honor to chat with you because I do, I watched the film, I love the film, and well, I think you. I'd like to uh, kick it off with showing a little bit of the film so they can know exactly what I experienced, uh, they can get a little snippet of it, okay? Absolutely. I think a snippet of it. So you think we should roll that clip? Yes, why don't we, please? I think we should roll that clip. Okay, here we go, y'all. Be patient with me here. I'm going to share my screen and we are going to pull this up and take a look at it. This is just the teaser trailer. Y'all get ready. Here we go. I am. I thought it was time we had another conversation. You want to hear about how lost and stubborn your precious creation has become? You have tried over and over again to muddy those waters, to cloud their understanding of my perfect love. My goal isn't to get them to be with me. My goal is to keep them from being with you. Your time of destruction is coming to an end. Why? Why? Jesus, my son. The move of my spirit is powerful and there is nothing you can do to stop it. Oh, but I have over and over again. I have used so many to stop you. Oh, so that's why my church no longer exists? I did, I, I stopped what could have been. <laughs> I think our little chat has come to an end. Wow. Wow. For the record, my eyes do not turn red when I get angry. Well, I wondered about that. I was like, ooh, ooh. I love that scene especially, and I won't give it away because whenever he's talking about the, the water and the yeah. move of the spirit, that's that was one of my very favorite parts. So I'm so glad that that was in the trailer. So listen, y'all, yeah. this movie I has won some awards. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit about that? Yeah, well, I have one of them right here. This is the one second place for biblical short at the uh, Georgia Christian Film Festival in Georgia. We sadly could, none of us could attend, unfortunately, but uh, they did mail us the award, second place. We ended up, a fi we, were, we got great news that we were a finalist, which meant we were gonna get first, second, or third, and we wound up getting second. I had the honor of attending the uh, Great Lakes Christian Film Festival, and uh, unfortunately, neither, uh, neither of my two co-producers, Bob, who you just saw there playing God, and Sean Justice, who directed the film, um, could attend. I live I live in Boston, so I was the closest one. I made the uh, seven-hour drive down there, and I was able to accept the cinematography award that our short won in the cinema in the short film category. It went to uh, Sean because Sean was our director, our editor, our cinema photographer, and then him and his wife co-wrote the script with me, and he was also a producer with me and Bob on this. So, wow! Wow! It's also wow. worth mentioning this is my first film as a producer. It's uh, just, uh, I haven't done any producing prior to this, so. 
I absolutely love it. And, you know, for those of you that don't know who he's talking about, he's talking about, he calls him Bob and I call him respectfully Robert Shepard. Uh, <laughs> he was he's just an amazing man, uh, so full of wisdom. And so mm -hmm. when you cast that role of God, I told him, I said, man, Robert, that is such an honor out of all the roles that you could play out there. I mean, when you get cast to play the role of God, but you're right, he has that wisdom look about him and so forth. Right. And so share a little bit about how you ended up being Lucifer. Well, for, for starters, one thing I was mentioning to you before we started is, is that, you know, it's impossible to, um, we've only, there's only been like one or two people that have said anything about this, but you know that if you put God and Satan in human form, there's going to be people who are going to give you grief. It's unfortunately par for the course, because I don't think in the way that our human minds work, we could comprehend what either of them are. You know what I mean? There's even people who have said right. that if we saw God or if we saw Satan in his purest form, we'd be either it, we'd either be awed to death or scared. You know what I mean? So right. But anyway, but I okay. If you're going to reduce them to the way our ways our mind think, if you're going to have people play them, then I see God as a very wise looking grandpa type person who's got some mileage on him. And I see Lucifer as a baby-faced punk. So, and one thing that anybody who knows me uh, will tell you, you know, I'm a magician by trade. I've been performing my whole life. I love being up in front of people, very active in my church drama when we had it. And I actually started writing when I was uh, 13. I wrote a skit for the uh, Festival of Life, which is a petition the Nazarenes in the New England area. And the way I started writing was I was my youth director, a guy named James Swanson, was he asked me to look in the church library to try to find a skit to do. And the church skits were all the same. They were all person one talking to person two about whatever spiritual concept the writer had decided he wanted to convey. Right. I'm like, OK, where is the creativity in this? God gave us imaginations. Let's use them. And I said these very words to James, and this was James's response. Okay, Scott, then write something you want to be in. So I don't know how not to do that. I don't know how to write something I don't want to act in. That's part of just what I did. The very first movie I ever wrote was a film that Sean Justice, who directed this, uh, called The Reconciler, which was also based on a church play that I had written. And uh, I was in that, and I was in the stage play version, and I played the same role. And I was the only person from the stage play and the movie who's the same. I played uh, one of the main characters, a guy named Ed who walks with a cane. And uh, that was actually where I met Bob. Bob was in Reconciler as well. And uh, we kind of struck up a friendship that continued. And I had him in mind. I'm always thinking about projects. You know, I think about more projects than actually get done, unfortunately. And I always had him in mind for, he, he had said he wanted to work with me and Sean again. So I was always, you always keep people in mind who say stuff like that. So, yeah. and um we actually, I actually ended up doing another show, uh, movie with Sean Justice that I didn't help write him with. I was just an actor in, uh, called The Murder of Innocence, which was based on a true story. Sean was hired to write that one, which is why uh, he wrote it on his own. Uh, but it was, I played a deputy sheriff in that one. So, and Sean and I have written other things. Sean and I have a very interesting way of writing together. Um, one thing that he will one thing that he will agree with on me is first of all, he has a lot more experience writing scripts than I do because he is actually a, he's actually won screenwriting contests. And part of that is because he has a gift for making dialogue flow better than I do. And 
And uh, if you read my original scripts, like even my original script for this movie, it would sound more like a church play than it currently does. But one thing that I can say this because Sean has said this to my face, he said, but Scott, you're much better at plot points than I am. And so I always write the first draft and then Sean will like finesse it up. He did that with Reconciler. He did that with two of the scripts we haven't produced yet. And him and his wife, Sarah, did that with this one. Like for, let me give you a perfect example. You talk about all the scenery and stuff. Well, that's yeah. all Sean. That's all Sean and his wife. Oh, so my, beautiful. My original script was just us sitting at the table. And mo most of the dialogue sitting at the table is exactly what I wrote. But Sean got this brilliant idea to create analogies with all, in order to make it not redundant and make it not repetitive or boring and mix it up a bit. His thought process was, okay, if God called, went to Satan and said, what do you say? I get you a cup of coffee and we talk. He might move him around like Satan did to Jesus when he was tempting him. Right. So, and uh, Sean loves or loves uh, Oregon where he lives. And uh, one of the things I said to him, you know, is why don't we shoot? My original thing was just like, why don't we shoot them sitting in the middle of the woods and show the Great Oregon scenery? And he kind of took that and ran with it. And he was like, what if we had him move Lucifer around so that we could do more sceneries? And then he goes, what if I? write some analogies based on the sceneries. And so a lot of, a lot of the different things, like the stuff about the snow and the stuff about the water, that's Sean and his wonderful wife, Sarah, they came up with that, but it's, it's collaboration at its finest. It's really, I've never, Sean and I write very well together and we hope to continue to do it, especially if we can get this made into a series like we're hoping to. You know, I'm glad you brought that up in the series. And, and first, let me just tell you, as I was watching this and listen, y'all, we, we didn't first tell us when it's coming out. What'd you say? When's it officially out for view? Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because um, we're actually working with a guy named uh, Duke White Jr. who's connected to a platform called Savior Connect, which is basically for the, I don't want to under, in simplest terms, it's kind of like a Christian Facebook. It's so much more, but it's kind okay. of like a Christian Facebook. Okay. And uh, the guy who runs that absolutely loves the film as well. So there are certain things I can't talk about because we haven't decided upon it yet. Okay. But we're thinking sometime around um, end of October, early November. We haven't picked a date yet, so I can't announce okay. anything here. We might do like a live stream premiere either on that platform or connected to that platform and stuff. So if you want to see, there are, we do post some stuff on Savior Connect and we do have a Facebook page and there'll be updates on both. So if you want to know, I can't tell you a date right now because we don't have one. Gotcha. But, um, I can tell you that it's it's it'll be it'll definitely be before the end of the year is over. There'll be like a live there'll be like a live stream premiere, and I know that Savior Connect is going to be involved. It's I just a matter that. of it's just a matter of how we're still working. There's a lot of bells and whistles to uh, work out here in the meantime. So absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of bells and whistles, I want I want to talk a little bit about fundraising of films and stuff right. like that and crowd uh, raising. We know you know you and I were talking about. Most people have heard of The Chosen, and that's right. been one of the largest um, fund mm -hmm. or crowdfunding uh, things. So can you talk a little bit about how you guys are going about this and how people can support this film? Sure. Well, one thing that that ties into is actually how we made the film in the first place. Um, prior to the pandemic, Sean, Justice, and I, I, we had this other project called The Twin Master, which we've been trying to make for over 10 years. We still hope to make it one day. But if you get me talking about the Twin Master, that'll be a whole 10 to 20 minute rabbit trail. So we'll just put a pin in that right here. 
Um, it's a mis- it's a mystery story. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but anyway, um, I had heard that uh, the Chosen was crowdfunded on a platform called VidAngel, and I I had written this uh, Adam script, which was basically a more in depth look at the first uh, couple chapters of Genesis. You know, taking a look at what the first man and woman were like. What was it like when they realized they were living so how interact with God when it said God walked with them in the garden. So I had this idea to do like a 90 minute movie that was that was called Adam. And it was basically Adam's whole life. It was it started when he was created and it ended when Seth is born. So it was like Adam and Eve through Cain and Abel with Adam as the central character and not just kind of like glazing over it and narrating it like a lot of Bible movies do. But in order to do that, you really needed an actor to play God because you can't have much of a relationship with a spotlight coming out of the clouds like a lot of movies about the early Bible stories have done. And where Bob had said that... um... Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you with Venus's comment. I was just reading it. Oh, that was Venus. Hi, Venus. Yes. I've interviewed interviewed her more than once, actually. I love her. (laughs) Hi, Venus. Glad you're watching. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. So... um, I had heard, so I had written this script. It got optioned by a producer named Chip Rossetti for a while, but that didn't work out. And when I heard about what was going on with um, uh, The Chosen, I immediately said, okay, I'm going to try to, you know, pitch the script to uh, Vit, to um, uh, VidAngel. Very first thing they say to me is, where is your screener? I'm like, what's a screener? And they're like, uh, we don't fund things from scratch like all, like all the other platforms do. You have to have something actually shot. Like Dallas Jenkins used uh, a movie called The Shepherd he had made for his church sure. as his screener, which was very good, by the way. Yes. And so at that point, it suddenly re- I suddenly realized that um, I was maybe thinking too big too quickly. I, I was, I was, I was um, thinking to myself, you know, just before the pandemic, I tried to talk Sean into, let's see if we can raise half a million dollars to make Twin Master on Kickstarter. And we didn't get a chance to do that before the pandemic hit. It suddenly occurred to me that if we couldn't raise a small amount of money, there was no way we were going to raise a large amount. So I said, so I got Bob and I got Sean on a Zoom call. And at that point, it was like I remembered this little skit I had written for my church, which was just Satan and Jesus sitting, having a cup of coffee and talking about the world. And I thought, you know, that could be a screen. If I change it to God, that could be a screener for the concept. Because if people don't accept an act, actors playing God and Lucifer, they're never going to accept a movie about uh, God and Lucifer as actors interacting with Adam and Eve. Sure. Or Cain and Abel. So I got Bob and Sean on a Zoom call and I said to them, you know, what do you say? We do, what, why don't between the three of us, what if we try and do like a crowdfund and try to raise like, I figured out that we could do like $5,000. Now, one thing that is worth mentioning here is one of the reasons why you have, people wonder why you have to raise so much money, why you have to raise so much money to do films and stuff. Bob is a full-time actor. I am a full-time magician and Sean is a full-time videographer. When he's not doing films, he does corporate work and stuff like that. To shoot a film, we have to put all those aside and have no income while we're doing right. the film. So some of what we raise is actually making sure that we can still put food on the table while we're making the project. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's not, it's not all special effects and stuff. It's, you know, so, but anyway, so I said to them, you know, why don't we try the, and uh, it was Sean's suggestion to try Indiegogo instead of Kickstarter because Indiegogo lets you keep whatever you make. 
even if even if like Kickstarter, you either have to make it all of it or you get nothing. Mm. So and we and we literally promoted the living daylights. You can only do a Indiegogo or Kickstarter for 60 days. And so I, I told every Facebook friend, I shared the living daylights out of it. I told everybody at church about it. And we got a last minute um, donation from somebody very close to me who has ended up, who has asked me to, who has asked to remain nameless, who I won't talk about, but it put us only a hundred dollars away from our goal before things were closed. So I immediately got on to my uh, Facebook when that happened. And I said, I have good news. We're only, it was actually only $90. I said, we're only $90 away from our goal. The problem is our campaign ends in 13 hours. And I tagged a couple people who I knew were supportive of the project in it. And one of them donated a hundred, like an hour after I posted that. Sweet. So, so we, we got the fun, we got the funding that we needed and uh, we shot it over the, we stayed at a Sean's cabin in Oregon and we shot the thing over the course of a week. And so, wow. And then, and then I can't remember exactly when we decided it, but with all the streaming services becoming more popular now, more people are looking for series than they are looking for films, especially on the streaming platforms. Right. So it suddenly occurred to me that, you know, with this, are there other Bible stories? I Because one of the things that if you look at any Bible dramatization, cartoon, real life or otherwise, because, because this wonderful book right here covers so many centuries it is impossible to do a story uh, or a mini series or a series about the bible and not change viewpoints because you know you're going for unless of course you're doing the life of christ like dallas is doing right i mean you know i mean anytime you see anytime you see a mini series that takes you like through genesis yeah you change viewpoints about four or five times well the two creatures who are immortal are god and lucifer and they've been there the whole time so why not do these stories from their point of view? Absolutely. And see, and maybe take dramatic license as to who's pulling what, maybe do your best guess as to who's pulling what, ch- pulling what strings. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I know some people who would debate it, but in the script we have for Adam and Eve, Lucifer is definitely talking through the serpent. So I know some believe that and some don't, but in ours, he is. So I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I, uh, Venus had made a point here. She was talking about how it was visually stunning and I just have to, I, I literally couldn't finish whenever I was sending Robert a message going, where was this shot? I want to go there. <laughs> it is so pretty. It is so pretty. And, uh, certainly we're not going to give anything away, but, uh, you guys have got to see it because the ending is just, Oh, I was yeah. going, yeah. Don't give away the ending. Whatever yeah. you do, do I was like, give away the ending. Drop the mic. It was like so awesome. And so this is why you guys yeah. have got to see it. And whenever it gets closer to time. You ever get to see the reconciler? Don't give away that ending. I'm a magician. I like to do surprise endings. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, and the reconciler is available on Amazon Prime or Pure Yeah, Prime you can Music. also watch it on YouTube as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll actually go back and put the link in here. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're watching on Creative Motion Network, please go to their YouTube. And I want to point out to you that you can actually follow them on Facebook and that's where you get all your updates and all of that. So the, the, well, that's actually go, you can go to justice, uh, justicepictures.com and you can check out information there, but the Facebook page, and I'm positive that when the date comes out, it's going to be available. So I need you to go right now to the Facebook page uh, as soon as this video is over and like it, 
Okay. And uh, put a little heart wherever, comment, like, you know, that changes the algorithms, y'all. Anytime you do that, just like, you know, Venus, you know, putting a little chat in here and stuff like that, yes. it helps us out. Y'all go help them out so they right. can get the word about it because this, this should not be a one and done. This, right, there's exactly. so much good stuff coming down the pike and they are, they've got all the creativity and all of the talent to get it done. So I'm just encouraging them. So if, how can people support the film? I know the crowdfunding for the yeah. initial pilot is over, but right. is there something out there where people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You actually, you that. actually mentioned some of it already. If you go to Sean justice's website, justicepictures.com, okay. there is a Lucifer and the father section that has uh, some, uh, that has a donation tab and has information about Lucifer in the box. It also has summaries of the episodes that we want to make. Like for example, we essentially the rest of the series is a prequel to the, to the short film. Yeah. The way that I've told, the way that I describe it to people is, is that by the end of the first episode, you will know where God and Satan stand with each other today. Now we're how they got there. And we're going back and show their interaction. And we might, we might skip over some Bible stories that have been done to death and we might, do some Bible stories that, in my opinion, have not been done very much. And so I and we're, we're not going to necessarily go in linear order either. Like, for example, I can give one thing away here for you. Um, there is the first uh, season that we want to make is all Old Testament stories. And then one story that involves Jesus, because if we're only going to have if we only end up having one season, I want one Jesus story in there. Sure. But it allows us to. Everything has gotten so flashback happy in television. It's very easy to do stuff non-linearly now. You know what I mean? And kind of kind of jump around and stuff. And that's what we're going to do. But one, one thing that I was mentioning to you before we started that I just want to kind of impress upon people. You had said, you know, what can people do to help us? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, you know, put anybody on the spot who I've met. But I've met a lot of people when I've been doing like screenings in churches, trying to raise money for crowdfunds and stuff who are like, I don't have very much money, but I'll pray for you. Well, prayer is good, yes, but we need a little bit more than that. Sure. Now, what I want to do now is I want to explain some ways that people can help, okay? I had to, what I'm about to tell you, I probably said more than 100 times when we were raising money for um, uh, the Lucifer and the Father pilot on Indiegogo, okay? People would pull up the thing, they would see $5,000, and then I'd actually get some comments when I would share it on Facebook. Well, that's a lot of money. I don't have anything like that. And I would reply, look at what it says, crowdfund. Okay, crowdfund. We're not look we were not looking for someone to give us $5,000. We were looking for 5,000 people to give us $1. Okay? All right? And now we're trying to raise $600,000 to make the follow-ups. We want to because we're doing biblical times, we need to up the budget a little bit, okay? Yeah. And so um, I live, I told you this analogy before we started, I live in the Boston area and there's a little team here called the New England Patriots, okay, <laughs> whose stadium seats 65,000 people, okay, people who are willing to pay a ton of money to watch football, pay a ton of money to drink, to pay overpriced, overpriced food and beer while they watch the game, right, okay, but you realize that if I filled up Gillette Stadium and everybody was willing to give me 10 bucks, we would have 50,000 more dollars than we need to make this project. Okay. So if the body of Christ is really this big, I refuse to believe that we cannot find the equivalent of that out there. Okay. Now here's the other thing that I cannot get over. Okay. Sometimes people, you know, don't want to open their pocketbook and sometimes they're, I'm self-employed. I know what that's like. Sure. But I don't know anybody 
who does not have a social media platform these days. Right. Okay. I've tried to impress upon people. If you can't give yourself, then share the link. Cause maybe you have friends that can. And the yeah. weird part is it's harder for me to get people to do that. It takes two seconds, paste, like, click. And it, I, it's harder for me to get people to do that than it is to give money to the project. And I'm like, I mean, okay. I, I, I just can't wrap my head around that. I'm like, I share stuff on social media all the time, half of which I don't even read. You know what I mean? How hard is it to click a share button? Right. I agree. <laughs> we we yeah. should be encouraging one another, promoting each other's projects, getting right. it out for the masses. And yes, right. yes and amen, brother. I'm high-fiving you on that one. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, one, one thing that I, one thing that constantly amazes me is that I constantly hear people complaining about the low quality of Christian films and man, I wish they'd make a Christian film that was good. Well, okay. Everybody wants to see it, but nobody wants to pay for it. Right. You know, I mean, these things are not cheap. Yeah, absolutely. You make some really good points. And I'm certainly glad that you explained that because a lot of people don't understand what it takes. Right. And you think about, you know, I had no clue until I started meeting a few people in the industry and I was totally blown away at what all is entailed in that. And it's right. incredible, incredible. So, oh my yeah. goodness, Scott. So I want to talk a little bit because we don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk a little bit about what you do there in the Boston area. So if someone is watching this and they have a child or they have an event, a corporate event or something, share a little bit about your gig there that you do. Yeah. Well, do you see this pen right here? Yes, sir. Ever since we've been talking, I've had this nasty earache here. I'm trying to get rid of it. Really? Oh, Sorry. oh okay. that looks painful. Yes, but it actually wasn't. It actually was. Now, if you didn't, now if you thought that was interesting, oh, I hope nobody gets offended by this. These are Mario playing cards right here. Okay? Mario Brothers? Yeah, Mario. As a matter of fact, one of my specialties is I impersonate the Mario for the kids' parties. I have this little cosplay group called the Mario Players. I play Mario, the leader of the worship church, who is my best Luigi. And uh, <laughs> what we do is we say, I'm at the magical Mario and he's at the musical Mario. And we do music and magic together, you know. And oh, we, have a Facebook, we have a Facebook page for that. It's called the Mario Players. Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to find that and put that in there. Or go back and yeah. there's broadcast on social media and put the link in there. That's so fun. So yeah, I, also have a, I also have a Facebook page for my uh, solo magic act, which is the Great Scott. <laughs> what a great name. Yeah. Anyway, so like, for example, this is something that you do right here. That's called the waterfall. You do it wrong. It's called 52 card pickup. Now sideways. There we are. Now going up if we're lucky. There we are. And then of course, you have the one thing that every clown or magician is famous for doing with a pack of cards, spreading or fanning. And what you do with stuff like these is you'll uh, ask people, you know, to look at the thing and you'll say, okay, this looks like a four right here. But if you watch it very carefully, watch what happens. Oh. And then if you watch it over here, watch this here. Keep your eye on the card, please. Impressive. Very well, impressive. I was, I was going for entertaining. So if I reached impressive, then I surpassed my goal. I'm a, <laughs> my life verse is 1 Peter 4.10, that each person should use whatever gifts they have received to serve others, administrating God's grace in its various forms. Amen. Amen. What a great and the, and the gift of sleight of hand. Let me clarify that. Sleight of hand is no different. Now, if you're actually reading books from the dark arts, or if you're using any sleight of hand to rip people off, then we got a whole nother problem. Okay? Yes. 
I'm glad you clarified that because it is true. That is huge. And the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it unto the Lord, not exactly, unto yes. the world. And so that's what you're using your gifts for. Well, my goodness, we only got just a couple minutes left. So I want to ask you if you could leave the audience with the key. Uh, you just gave us your favorite scripture and that or your life scripture for that. But if you could give them some encouragement or a key, what would that key be? Hmm. <laughs> Man, I wish I had some time to think about that. Um, I should have told you I was going to ask you that to let you know I was closing the broadcast out. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. But I was going to get, but I was good. I'm not sure I can say, give them a key to anything. I just know that um, all that I would say is, is that, you know, I don't know how, and I see there's so much among celebrities about who don't know the Lord. And I don't have, know how anybody does entertainment without him. And mm. you have to, you have to remember that your gifts are from him. Yeah. So I would say the key is to, uh, it's taken me a lot long time. If you're care, if you're not careful, I've mentioned this in other interviews that I've done before. I've always been, because of the verse that I just told you, I'm someone who prides myself on that all the talented stuff I'm doing is for the Lord. Well, if you are not careful, your talent and your gift can almost become your idol. Come on. That's good. That's a key. That's a key ring. Yeah. <laughs> So just make sure, just make sure you can tell yourself, like I've fallen into the trap of the 10 years that Sean and I have been trying to make Twin Master. I was like, you know, I'm trying to make this for you. And then I was like, am I making, am I, is that really where my heart is? Or am I worshiping the brilliant idea God gave me? Ooh, so you know good. I mean? Yeah. Kind of. Do a checkup from the neck up. So, yeah, exactly. man, Scott, this has been so good. I want to thank you first and foremost for saying yes to the call, but I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the broadcast. You guys heard it right here. Go like the Facebook page, follow, you can give on the actual uh, page, and I'll put all the links in there, and we'll go back and put the one if you're in the Boston area and you need energy. You just froze. Hello. Does that mean we're done? 